0: Hey, my name is Jackson Canty and welcome to VIM online. Thank you for spending time with me today. I hope you are encouraged. I hope you know you have purpose, you are loved and you belong. Enjoy this message. Welcome to the very first episode ever. Welcome to VIM online. My name is Jackson Canty. I'm so excited. You would join in and journey with me today. I'm going to get right in. I'm going to open the Bible and read from it. Um, I ask that if you're able, you read along with me. I'm going to be in First Chronicles 19. Alright, 1 Chronicles 19. It's a story about, um, about a battle. And I'm calling this episode, The Battle in Between. The Battle in Between. And so... I just want to read one verse to kind of start us out, and then we'll get more into it as we go. Joab, this is verse 10, Joab saw that there were battle lines in front of him and behind him. So the battle was in front of him and behind him, and he was in between. So this this verse, this verse 10 is... Part of a greater passage, really, um, it's part of a whole story, a whole story of a battle between two countries, between two nations, between two kings. Nahash, has, um, who was king over the Ammonite nation, has, has just died. So the country is experiencing a panic, maybe, Probably mourning the loss of their leader. And so, so they're going through that. They're processing that loss, especially Hanun, who was the son of Nahash. So he not only lost his king, his leader, but also his father. And in the midst of also losing his father, he at the same time takes on a new responsibility of leading a nation. And so, verse 3 says, I messed up in leading a nation. And so, verse 2 says, David's envoys came to Hanun in the land of the Ammonites. Another version says, David's servants came, either one works. David's servants came to Hanun in the land of the Ammonites to express sympathy. David saying, Man, I'm sorry for your loss. But verse 3 the Ammonite commanders said to Hanun, Hanun's representative, Hanun's board, Hanun's friends said, Do you think that David is honoring your father by sending envoys to you to express sympathy? Haven't his envoys come to you only to explore and spy out the country and overthrow it? Because when you're in a place of loss and fear, your response is to question. Everyone around you. Verse 4 says. So Hanan seized David's envoys. His servants and shaved them. Shaved off their beard. Which was a bash at their masculinity. And cut off their garments at the buttocks. Which. Was to expose the private parts. was a very shameful act in that time. So he embarrassed. David's men and. Sent them away. And. And verse 3, let's back it up just a second. Verse 3 says, The Ammonite commanders said to Hanun, So who you listen to determines what you think. Who you listen to directly correlates to the decisions you make. And so there was whispers in Hanun's ears saying, How do you know David has good intentions by sending you these servants? And so, skip to verse 8, we see that not only has the Ammonites began a battle, But now the nation of Israel, under the leadership of David, and under the command of Joab, David's nephew, are in battle. And they're in the battle, but they don't have to be. The whole battle began over a misinterpretation. There is conflict because Hanun, in fear, assumed David's motives. And you and me do not have the wisdom to always assume somebody's motives. Sometimes you just kind of catch a look from somebody and you think they're thinking about you. But really, they're just thinking, I don't think I've gone to the grocery in two weeks. And all I have is some coffee and cheese. And I'm, I don't know if I should go grocery shopping or go out to eat. And It's as simple as that, but we take one look from them and think they they don't like me and now I don't like them And and we assume people's motives and we don't do that's why we don't judge people The reason we don't judge people is because we don't know what they went through. We can't understand why they're doing what they're doing and So They're in a battle now. In 1 Chronicles 19, they're in a battle that they don't need to be in. And the whole battle began over a misinterpretation. And you and me can live our lives and begin conflicts with people based off of misinterpretations. And this whole battle didn't have to happen. This whole fight was unnecessary. And so now... They're in between. They're in between a conflict of two nations. And it's the battle in between. And the battle didn't even have to happen. Now, I want to go on record and say there are battles that you and I will face that we can't control. And no matter how, how many good decisions we make, we end up in a battle. Sometimes battles just happen. Sometimes you just end up in a fight, no matter whether you did the right thing or the wrong thing. You cannot always avoid, and you should not always avoid, the fight. Fights will happen. Fights are a part of life. Life is a fight. Following Jesus is a fight. Following Jesus is a fight because you know what his word says. You know where his spirit is leading. But the world seems to be on a different agenda and following Jesus can be a fight. But actually anything worth having, anything of real substance, anything of real worth does not even come without a fight. Any relationship you enter into. And it's good will come with a fight. Your New Year's resolution to lose 25 pounds and see that six-pack by summer will not come without crunches, fights, and salads. It's a fight. Even positive things are a fight. And by the way, when Jesus got up on the cross, bled and died for you, He was saying, you're worth the fight. You're worth the fight against death. You're worth the fight against hell because anything worth having is worth fighting for. But this fight in 1 Chronicles 19, it didn't have to happen. Your one-year Bible plan could be one chapter shorter and this whole story wouldn't even need to be in the Bible because it happened over a Misinterpretation. So David sends his servants as a nice gesture because he feels sympathy towards Hanun, and Hanun got scared. And I really don't blame Hanun for feeling fear. I don't. At least I don't blame him all the way because not only is he mourning the loss of his father, but he's in a new position and he's never done this before. And so I do not really blame him because I understand. And so what happens is he makes a decision. This is what happens. He seizes them, verse four, he seizes them. He shames them by shaving and then cutting their clothes. And then he sends them away. He sends them away. All this happens in verse 4. He seizes them. He shames them. And then he sends them away. And the enemy is going to try to convince you to send away what God gives you. He wants to take the gift God gives you, the desire God gives you, the passion God gives you, snuff it out, take it away. So you just kind of live life with no direction, with no purpose. And so what you do when you make decisions out of pain, out of fear, out of loss and out of insecurity, as you seize them, you feel shame and then you send it away. Which leads us to verse 10. Because the nation of Israel is now in battle. He's, they're in battle with, a, with a, a country that they had good intentions for. And Joab, the commander of the army, saw that the battle lines, verse 10, were in front of them and behind him, which is really the premise I want to speak to you about for maybe the next couple minutes, because some of you listening to this, there's a battle in front and there's a battle behind and you're in between and you feel surrounded and it's hard when a battle's in front of you. It's hard to go up against and fight. But it's also hard when the battle's not just in front of you, but your fat your past is still calling out. Remember me? Remember what happened? Remember what you did? And and the battle's not just in front, but it's also behind and you're surrounded and you're in between. And battles are fought in between. And life is lived in between. In between. <laughs> I I'm forgiven by God, but I haven't forgiven myself yet in between in between. I'm saved and God loves me, but there are still some things that he is working out inside of me. And I'm in between I'm in between because I've gotten rid of my old friends and my old group and the people I used to talk to and the people I used to text. And now, now I'm, I'm in a new friend group, but I, now I feel left out from my old friend group and I feel lonely and, and I'm in between and, and 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 i've got this word from god i've got this promise from god but it really hasn't come into fruition in my life and i haven't seen i haven't seen the proof of it yet i have the promise but i don't have the proof and i'm in between but character is developed in between and we pray god take me out of this situation but god actually gets down in between remember remember when joseph was in prison and and he was he was in prison because his brothers had sold him into slavery and then potiphar's wife lied about him and he had this dream and he had this promise that one day he would be powerful and one day he would be helpful and one day he would be, he would be of good use but he's just sitting in this prison and he's in between he's in between the promise and the proof And, and you know how the story ends because he ends up becoming the second most powerful man in Egypt. And he ends up saving the, not only Egypt from a famine, but his own family, the same family that sold him. And so when he was in prison, he was in between though. And, and I want you to see this because He had the second most powerful position, but the strength that he had in the position was developed in between. And so if you feel like you are up against something and you feel like you're in between. It is preparation for where you're going. You will need the strength you develop in this season. The strength that you get from this battle to take the next battle head on. And strength is a result of faithfulness in between. And the hardest places are in between. But God lives in between. Moses, Moses and the people of Israel left Egypt and Pharaoh was chasing them. But then they had to stop at this body of water. So Pharaoh's behind them and the water's in front of them and they're in between. And the only thing keeping them from freedom is this water. So God said, stretch out your stick. And so Moses stretches out his stick and God made a way in between. Life is lived and battles are won in between. And so in verse 13, Joab turns to his army and they're afraid. I know they're afraid because he says this, be strong and let us fight bravely. Why would you have to say that unless you were afraid? Bravery is just a response. It's the response to fear. We all have fear. If you don't have fear, You have like a neurological issue. We all experience fear. But bravery is standing up to fear and saying, I'm going to move forward in uncertainty, in fear. I'm going to press on. I press towards the mark set before me and fight. And he said, so these are the words, and let us fight bravely. Let us fight. Let us fight. Notice he did not try to escape his battle. Not because he wasn't scared. He was scared. But in spite of fear, he fought. See, he made a decision in spite of fear, but Hanunin in verse 4 made a decision out of fear. So we all have fear. The question is, what are you going to do with it? And he didn't just fight the battle and know, oh, I'm going to win. He didn't just know, yeah, 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 I got this. No worries. The last half of verse 13 verse thirteen says, the Lord will do what is good in his sight. He didn't say, we will surely get the victory. He said, the Lord will do what is good. He was uncertain. He did not promise them the victory, but he knew that the Lord will do what is good. And he knew that with God on his side, whether he won or whether he lost, it would work out for the good. See, this is helping somebody because they're scared to move forward right now because they're uncertain of how this is going to turn out. But faith is fueled by uncertainty and the battles are won and life is lived in between. In between. This is, look at this. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11. You know that verse, you know, like all the famous verses for, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans plans to prosper you and not to harm you. See, I think this verse right here could be one of those verses. Be strong and let us fight bravely for our people and the cities of our God. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. See where he messed up as he said, the Lord will do what is good in his sight. If he would have said this, be strong and let us fight bravely our people in our cities and the Lord will give us the victory. We would, we would, we would tattoo that Bible verse. Every man in your gym would have that tattooed on him, And we would quote it. And when somebody was going through a hard time, we would say, be strong and let us fight bravely for our God in the cities of our, our, our God. And the Lord will surely Give us the victory. But he's uncertain. But he says, the Lord will do what is good in his sight. It's a whole nother kind of faith to say whether I win or whether I lose, God will use it for the good. It's what Romans eight twenty eight means when it says all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Because when you know you're called according to his purpose, it changes how you see the battle. Even when you're in between, it changes how you see the battle. And so I'm going to wrap this up. We can just skip over to verse 18. This is what verse 18 says. But they fled before Israel and David killed 7,000 of, of their chariots and 40,000 of their foot soldiers. And he also, And he also killed... Shapak, and the commander of their army. They won the fight, and not only did they win, but but the is, they fled. The enemy fled, because the same enemy that at the beginning was trying to convince Haynoon that David was was spying on them was the enemy that fled. Because the enemy is all talk. And because you are called and because you are chosen and the enemy can't physically hurt you, he distorts your view of your situation. Because the enemy can't destroy you, he distorts your view. Because he knows that if he can not only get you to doubt God, but even if he can just get you to doubt yourself and get you to doubt the community that God has put you in, he can get you to make decisions out of fear. And so when you're in a battle and you're in between, you have the choice, be brave and fight in spite of fear or back down and question everything because of fear. And you're in a battle and you're facing something and it's bigger than you. But God is saying go and God is saying fight. God is saying, be brave. I know you're afraid. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world and all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And you have a choice to fight or to be brave. Be strong or back down. This is a message about walking where God leads you because it's going to be a fight and it's going to be a struggle and you're going to need to know that he's with you in between. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for getting down in between with us. It is your grace. It is your blood that has healed us. We are called to you. We are chosen by you. You are with us. You love us. You have chosen us. You call us sons. You call us daughter. You call us friend. And we need you, and we admit we cannot do this without you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before you go, I hope this encouraged you. I hope you know you have purpose, you are loved, and you belong. If you did enjoy this, um, I just want to ask, share it, Um, screenshot it, send it to your friends, share the link, do whatever you can do, get the word out. It'll really help, help us out. Um, second, go to our website, vimonline.org. If you just made a decision of faith and you're like, I want to start stepping in relationship, walking in stride with God. If that's you, the very first page, when you pull up vimonline.org, it'll be a decision for faith. You can put in your name, your email, and your address. And we're not going to do anything weird. We're not going to bug you. We're not going to send you a bunch of stuff or show up at your door. We just want to say congratulations. We want to send you a Bible um, and some other resources that will help you getting started along. And walking with God. Also, by going to vimonline.org, you can support. Financially, it is the financial gifts that help us move forward and take the ministry into new places. Thank you so much. I hope this blessed you. Thank you.